Storytelling UTSA. Listen, honor, share. Inspired by StoryCorp's mission, which is to preserve and share humanity's stories in order to build connections between people and create a more just and compassionate world. Leadership and Volunteer Services is embarking on an interview collection series inspired by StoryCorps to record and preserve the stories of our community members. Tune in this fall as we start our new series all about resilience. We are here today with Aisha and I'm so excited. I got to actually meet her on our trip in the springtime with Alternative Breaks and it was to Puerto Rico and we got to address the need of environmental restoration and kind of what the people in Puerto Rico are going through and have been going through since uh, many different natural disasters. But on that trip, I got to meet Aisha and she told me a little bit about her story and everything that she's uh, gotten to get to UTSA and to get kind of get to where she was today. And I was just so inspired and I wanted to bring that story and just connect you all with her amazing story. So Aisha, what's going on? How are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm uh, enjoying this quarantine just a little bit, but also it's kind of getting to a point where it's like, okay, I need to find (laughs) new things to like do with myself. It's been so interesting. Um, So Aisha, I know a little bit about you and where you come from in your background, but I think it'd be so helpful to kind of just start off and and tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up, where you're from, and uh, yeah, share, share a little bit of who you are. So I'm Aisha, I'm an international student. I'm originally from Liberia. It's a country in West Africa. Um, it's a really small country. And I grew up in a, a meaning settlement where you don't get to see, you know, different kind of people. You just see one kind of people. I came to UTSA in 2019 of January, spring semester. And it was my first time in the States, actually. And I'm an Indian, um, I'm a computer science major and I'm a junior. I'm also the president of the International Student Association. And I am just happy to be at UTSA. Man, I feel that. I feel that, right? To just be happy to be where we are right now. It's been it's been crazy, but it's nice to to finally just be somewhere for a little bit and just gain all the information and knowledge that we can. Thank right. you. That's so cool. That's so cool. So how did you end up here at UTSA? Like when you were picking schools, what, what was that process like for you? So the funny thing is, um, there was a saying from Neil Armstrong that you know, every small step for a man is a big step for a mankind. And for me, coming from where I'm from, picking a university um, was definitely a big step for me. And from where I'm from, any university in the United States um, were my choice. Any university would have done the trick for me. Any university was a deal breaker. So, I mean, to many American students, Peaking a university is relatively, you know, like a small step. But I, being at UTSA, is just one of those opportunities in life where you just get the chance to be where you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to be at UTSA. If I were to recommend a university um, to someone else, not that I've been somewhere else, but I would definitely recommend UTSA for its diversity and inclusion. 
And also, I'll choose UTSA because the professors, again, not that I've been anywhere else, but um, from my experience, I feel like the professor at UTSA has um, have all of the qualities that you need to succeed, whether you know you're you're limited in resources or you're you know you're not fully equipped. There are just there's just everything you need, not just the professor, but the staff and the students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who who were some of the people that, that you were surrounded by, like at home, that kind of helped you with like applying to colleges? And, and what was like that process like? Does how many people around you are applying to colleges outside of uh, your country? And, and what what was that like? So there are many people um, back home my age that, you know, who killed to be in my position, that are trying to, you know, apply to college, but the process is just so, you know, it can be stressful and confusing because if you are from where I'm from, the whole standardized testing is not a normal thing in navigating the system. Um, so I have friends that, you know, have applied, have taken the SAT, and they, they were not successful. Many of them were successful, but, Few of the people that helped me navigate, you know, admission process, I would say it's the UTSA staff. They gave me all of the information I need. I did not have anybody back home that could help me with those information because I'm a first generation student. My mom, you know, I have no one in my family that, you know, had knowledge of what I was doing. Everybody was just that, like, I'm proud of you. You can do it. Just, just go for it. They did not know how to help me but they just believed that I was doing the right thing. But the staff in the international programs, they were really helpful. Um, they understood that it was a hard process, but they just made it smooth. And today I can be able to help other people and just navigate the system easily. Wow, wow, that's that's so nice that even though they were like confused, they still wanted to support you and be there for you to push you. That's, that's really, really sweet. Um, right. What was it? What was it like choosing a major? How, did you already know what you wanted to do uh, when you got here, or you were like had to explore a little bit? How did you end up picking the major that you do? That's a good question. So initially, <laughs> initially when I came here, I came here as an environmental science major because I always wanted to, you know, be able to help my country grow their own food. So and be able to help the environmental system of my country because where I'm from, we're limited in those kind of resources and we just don't have any sanitation method put into place. So I was like, I'm gonna be an environmental scientist. (laughs) And I came here, I started off my first year as an environmental science major, but within that semester, things changed for me. I I saw, things that I felt like my country needed more and I was more equipped to do. And I was like, I've had this kills in me all of this time. And just because I didn't have the resources, so I did not know because I did not know what it was like to even start a computer. And that really, that the passion to be a, a data scientist came out in me. I don't know, you may have noticed class, it's called AIS. And it's a funny story, actually. I met this boy, and it was the first day in the, the library, and we were supposed to use the computer in a group section. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those computers that says to, to unlock, press shift. 
yeah. and control. And I taught you how to press it like, you know, one at a time, but I did not know you have to do it all at once. So I was like, how do you start the computer? And he was sitting right next to me and he was like, it's right there on the screen. And I said, I'm doing it, but it's not working. Right. He, he just looked at me and it was like, I could tell in his eyes, he, he like, but I did not know what he was thinking. So after the class, no, it wasn't in the middle of the class. He just went to the professor and he told the professor, I don't want to be in the same group with her. She, she doesn't seem like she knows what she's doing. And that, that actually made me feel like I, I can prove to people that, you know, this is just, Computer is not because I was, I'm from a place where we had to learn computer on the chalkboard. It's, it's something that I can learn. If he can do it, I can do it. Right. So I, I started researching more into computer science to see what it was like. And I started auditing classes like programming one. And I was like, I all, all through my first semester, I had this plan in my head. This, this board really got to me. And I was like, I'm not going to be angry. This is a boost for me to do better and to prove that people like me from where I'm from, we can do better. We can learn. We can learn. Um, we, can, we can learn so many things. So I chose computer science and I started doing great. My first semester, I, from my, that semester, I got into the honors college and I was like, okay, I can be a programmer. I can create my own program. I can help my country get their own website. I can do so many things as a data scientist. I can be a help to my country in this way. And actually, um, with the help of God and everything, I'm going to be the first female data scientist in my country. And wow. thank you because he encouraged me to take this step. That's, wow, that's so big. Oh my goodness, that is incredible. That is so, that's so cool and so crazy how like a small impact that maybe at the time and at the moment you didn't see it right but like looking at the scheme you're like wow that's I'm thankful for that moment what maybe maybe it was uncomfortable and it was hard but it was like that moment like I needed that because like I know what I'm capable of and I know what what I could bring to the table like you were here to already make a difference within your country and now you're going back with a skill that that really could continue to evolve uh your country and connecting it with the rest of the world that is right i i i will hope to see him someday and just thank him like <laughs> thank you for making me feel so stupid <laughs> you actually placed me on the rightful path oh my goodness wow that's that's incredible um so you you're here at utsa like all by yourself what was it like moving here and in the first couple of weeks, right? Like we've, we've talked a little bit about kind of your first days here at UTSA, but what about the days before or the weeks before moving here? Like, what did you have to bring? How much could you bring? What, what was it like? Those days before um, coming here were the, was the craziest and the most stressful days of my life because um, there were moments where my mom was like, I don't know, you know, she she did not know how I was going to make it all by myself, being away, going to a place where it's like 800,000 miles away. There's nobody. I don't have any family. So it was a bit, you know, parents, they're always concerned. And having to get the funding was, was a huge challenge. 
I don't want to lie to you. I did not come here with, you know, the full funding for my tuition. I actually just, ma we just managed to book a flight. I told my mom, this is an opportunity that I do not want to miss out. If you can get me a ticket, I'm going. I'm going to find a way to, to find the funding to stay in school. And she was like, okay, if this is what you want, we're going to try it. So um, my family came together. They raised what they could to get me a ticket. And I left. And I came here. Nobody to pick me up from the airport. I got here. I had to navigate the bus station for the first time how to navigate UTSA campus. It was actually like, you know, an adventurous journey for me. I felt like I was in a maze, just trying to figure out UTSA campus because I had missed orientation because I actually came like the first week of school. So every time I look back, I was like, wow, that was one adventurous journey of mine because I had to do that all on my own. Um, one of my hardest moments when I got here, like the first week, but finding, you know, accommodation and getting places. There were days where I got lost on my way home. <laughs> but um, those moments are gone, and I, I don't, I don't know how I got through them. But I would say I had a good support system. I had people that believed in me. That every time I called and was like, I can't do this, and they would be like, We trust you. We believe in you, and that is not something I can attribute to myself. It's just, you know, my mom, family, um, friends, and even friends that I met, professors too. So. Wow, wow, wow. I, I'm telling you, when I heard that, the first time you told me, I was like, how did you do that? Like, I think I rely so much on like, I don't know, just, I guess just being able to be here and, and have the information more readily available than, than you did back at home and then coming here and just being like, all right, I'm just going to do this. And I definitely have, when I heard that the first time, I was like, well, I've taken for granted my resources or just things that I, that I can, I've grown up knowing a little bit more. And so I, I'm kudos to you for getting through that. Cause I would have been every day, like just not knowing what to do. I, like from when I, the moment you walked out of the plane, I don't know. I would have just been like, where, how do I get started? Like what? That's, that's wild. So kudos. I felt the same. I felt the same, but I feel like anybody in my position, you just have to, to find a way out. You have to, you have to tell yourself like, there were women I'm talking to myself, Aisha, you got this. And I would just look at the person next to me and I'd be like, if they can find a way, you can. <laughs> and and that's just what I would tell myself all of the time. That's that's good. You gotta have that that internal motivation. There's no way you could have gotten through that without, you know, like you said, the support of home and then your personal support, your personal push to to keep it going. So that that is amazing. Um after after you got here, right, you're settling in a little bit. And, you know, what, what were some of the differences or similarities, if there were any, of, you know, your culture back at home versus here? And, and how did that make an impact, I guess, in your, in your experience uh, starting out in the States? So, um, Liberia is a country that has suffered from a lot of adversity, and we have limited resources and ranging from civil wars to um, corrupt governance, but it is a country that I have fit in and I believe that we can do better. One of the major difference um, is the infrastructures. 
and the access to daily utilities like electricity, water, and just having those needs. Those are one of the big differences. Um, what major similarity is they both have lovely people. They, they both have people that are lovely. That was one thing that I noticed. Um, but other than that, there are a lot of differences. But those are the two major um, ones that I can think of. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know that you said that you, um, back at home, like you connect with your family. Um, how often are you in contact with your family from home with, or with your friends from home? What, what has that been like since being away? So being away for, for 16 months, there is not a day that I've not spoken to my mom. I don't know how she does it, having limited access to internet and everything, but she makes sure to call me every day. And that is something I truly I'm amazed by, and it's, it's just, you know, it's just that she, she really helps me um, to feel, even though she's far away, like she helps me to feel like, okay, I'm right here, you can come home to me. Um, that is one person I keep in touch with. I do keep in touch with my friends through social media, but um, school gets busy and everything. But it's, it's definitely hard to be alone. Wow, wow. That so 16 months. So you have not been home since you got here? No. Oh my goodness. And when uh do you have plans to go back home when it, has there been plans to go back home or something came up or is it just like when you graduate that's that's when you'll go back home? Actually, um the possibility of me going home is just based on my income and how much I'm willing to spend. Because again, I said I'm 800,000 miles away. So the fear of going back home and coming back is like, I can use that funds to pay for the next semester. And right, right. <laughs> so that always comes to my mind. I'm like, do, do I want to take that fund and, and go back home and then come back here and start to look for, for tuitions? But it's something definitely I hope I can do soon because I definitely miss home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely trying to get back there as soon as possible. Oh, man, that's so cool that your mom makes time. What's the time difference? Do you know? It's six hours different, actually. Six hours. Okay, okay. Wow. Wow. That's, that's wild. My family is maybe like two to three hours difference, but sometimes we still can't make it work. Um, but now, you know, it's just, just little things that make a big difference to hop on a phone call and just say that I'm here for you and um, she supports you. That's incredible. What... Um, so, you know, being here, you've been here about like, yeah, like you said, 16 months. And so you've been here in the middle of a pandemic, of a global pandemic, right? So what, what was that like, right? We, we both got back from Puerto Rico. And so when we left, things were like, okay, like there was some talk about it, but it wasn't anything that we had really imagined what right. came out to be. And so once we got back from Puerto Rico, what, what was your experience like? What, what challenges do you feel like you faced? in those last couple of months? So in the last couple of months and in one more, what I would say is, um, is my challenge is loneliness. And if I could articulate that, it's kind of hard to articulate, you know, my loneliness, because it's something I feel like most people are experiencing in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Um, 
because it's something I feel like most people are experiencing in some way because we're facing a, a global pandemic and it's like a life sacrifice that we all have to isolate because that's the best way to combat corona because with coronavirus come isolation and isolation comes loneliness. So um, that is one of my major challenges being really. Yeah, yeah. And I know that some uh, international students have had the uh, the challenge of, you know, being able to stay on their visa and things as such. Like how uh, have there been any challenges like that for you and your experience the last couple of months? So um, for me personally, that has not been a challenge because UTSA um, went all out to accommodate all of our, you know, all of their students needs. So um, it was a bit stressful in the beginning when we did not know what UTSA was going to do. Um, but what I've seen, there are a lot of students who, you know, have to return back home. And there are a lot of students who are stuck back home and cannot return. And it's really stressful for international students because it's like we have no external sources. We have no external help. It's just we, we just have to figure out all on our own. And that's one of the main reasons why, why I started the, the first International Student Association, actually. And that just helped, you know, for me to be able to relate to other international students and feel and be in a community where I can relate to other people. Mm -hmm. um, and the, one of the main reasons that I thought it was a good idea to start the organization was to help people like me coming here and you don't have anybody to pick you up from the airport. Um, you don't have anybody to help you navigate campus or enrollment. So I feel like this association, even after I'm gone, is gonna be a help to people after me. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember you you picking that idea in that in that organization. When did you when did you start uh, the org? Um we started actually in was it I think it was June when the news of, you know, international student visa first came. And I was like, this is a good opportunity to start. And we started off like a group meeting and we went into a large group meeting where there was a lot of students and everybody was like, we should make this official. And wow. everybody was down with the idea, even faculty and staff that I reached out to to be an advisor. And everybody was just like, yeah, sure. I'm excited to be. And it was just so, you know, I was so excited. That's so cool. Wow. So when you made the group me, like people started coming in. Was it hard to get people? Was it hard to connect? Because I guess there wasn't a space for that. And so you you were like, well, we need this space. And so let me let me try to get word. And I know that you're putting it in some group me's. And so what was it like trying to get the organization started? So surprisingly, the group grew so fast. I don't know how, but those links spread really well. Um, one of the way I feel like we got more people to, to know about the group meal was through a town hall meeting. I just, um, hmm. I participated and I just spread the link. I just kept on sharing the link in those town hall meetings. And when I look, we're already 500. And I was like, well, they said there are 900 international students at UTSA and we have 500. So we can definitely reach more. And I'm looking forward to that for this semester, actually. Wow, wow, that is so incredible that like you planted the seed to connect these students that needed that space. Like, I just feel 
you know, we, we learned so much about how important community is, no matter where it is, you have to have that sense of community, whether it's your right. friends, your family. Um, and so you, you brought that to people. I think that's so amazing, dude, like, congratulations. <laughs> you, it, I mean, it's all, you know, collective effort. That's but it's, it helps. It helps to have someone that, that says, like, guys, like, we, we have a need, and, and I, I want to be there to support everyone else that wants to fulfill that need. So that's cool to bring leaders together, and uh, that's really awesome. Uh, so, you know, this, this whole story corps is all about, you know, connecting students this semester with the term resilience. And resilience, uh, by definition, means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. And so, you know, hearing, getting to know you a little bit more at Puerto Rico, I really felt like this word just screams your name. And so, you know, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, what, what, what does that mean to you? How do you, you feel like you embody that? I mean, I definitely see it, but, but what, what does that definition like really mean to you? So that definition of resilience um what it means to me it's actually the same thing it's just the ability to arise from adversity and for me you saying that i have that trait as a person it's it's something for me that i cannot take all of the credit for that credit belongs to the people that you know are around me my mother my adoptive father my friends my classmates because I have been, I was born in a country where I was nurtured to be resilient because we didn't, we don't have the choice. We've walked through civil war, we've walked through crisis like Ebola and seeing my parents struggle so hard to give me quality education and knowing that there are people from where I'm from that would kill to be in my position, it just, put me in a unique position. It's not like I'm unique or anything, but it gave me the option to succeed and there's no other option I have but to succeed. So whatever huddle left shows at me, I know that I definitely have to rise up because I have people that are depending on me, people that I have to make proud and my community is looking forward to, you know, me making them proud. So it's again it's not a trait that i can attribute to my own self those traits are definitely something that i've been nurtured in and having the right support like i said definitely counts and having people that believe in you because once you have people that believe in you that gives you the courage to always be able to rise up from whatever life chose you yeah i love that i love that like there's so many bumps in the road that we're all going to experience in many different ways. And uh, you you grew up just needing to have that ability like to survive or to live just through each day, you and your family. So I love that so, so much. Thank you. Um, if you were to give like one bit of advice to stay focused on on the journey to graduate, um, what would you say has, uh, has helped you stay focused or keep your eye on the prize? And what advice would you give to other people? Hmm. That's a hard question. <laughs> um, for me, having to stay focused is just bearing in mind that there are people that I cannot let down. And the bigger person, the biggest person I'm going to be letting down is myself. So as a young person, it's definitely a challenge to stay focused. 
most especially in the midst of, you know, of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. But one major thing that has helped me to keep my eye on the goal of graduating is having people believe in me and appreciating all the opportunities and wanting to make my community proud. proud. And one advice I have to give to someone is try to find people who believe in you and who believe in your journey. And one way to do that is to just be honest and generous to yourself. Just, you know, show some kind of, of kindness because one act of kindness definitely goes a long way. And without the belief that other people have in me, I won't be able to accomplish all what I have accomplished today. And honestly, one example I would like to give is um, Kampala, I believe her name, the current Black nominated vice president. Mm -hmm. um, do you think she, she is where she is all by herself? I mean, I don't think so because I know she, she has, you know, the discipline to be focused on everything, but she is definitely where she is because she had people that believe in her and people that supported her journey. So in order to stay focused, I would say find people that believe in you. And to do that, you have to be honest and generous to yourself and just be kind to people around you. Oh my goodness. I love that. And I really think that, that you giving that piece of advice, like I feel like you are genuine to the people around you. I mean, you opened up to us about it on the trip. You're kind on the trip, wanting to help when you can. And so I really feel like you you embody kind of that piece of advice. So I appreciate that. I'm sure so many other people can relate because sometimes it's hard to to just think about like uh, some simple thing. It might be something so small to somebody, but they don't realize the bigger impact they could have to have a support system and to have people that do believe in you. Like I'm, I'm thinking as you're saying that people that, that believed in me and I'm like, wow, that's so true. Like it actually, it's made a bigger impact than, than I maybe have realized. Um, Aisha, thank you so much for sharing your story, talking about, you know, just your whole journey here at UTSA. It has meant so much to me and I'm so excited to be able to share your journey and your story with so many other people and just get it out there to continue to have students to push through and uh, just everything that you shared. So many people will be inspired by and be able to, to just live some, some of the advice that you're able to drop to us. So I appreciate it so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very glad to be able to share my story. I really hope it helps someone. Thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode of Storytelling UTSA. We are so excited to continue to connect our community members with each other. Your story matters. What you've gone through matters. Who you are matters. We want to continue to highlight our community members, as many as possible. Head on over to our Rowdy Link page, Leadership and Volunteer Services, and fill out our form, storytelling share your story with us. Let us know who you are and what your story is, and we would love to hear from you and get connected.